listening, let's get it started. But I was like, I don't know what copyright laws are like, so <laughs> I'm not fancy enough for a lawyer. So we're just going to start it. Hi, everybody. It's us again. Hi. We're back. Did you miss us? We missed you. Mm-hmm. We were gone for two whole weeks. What an exciting couple of weeks it's been. Has it? I mean, depends what you think. I think it's been exciting. I just forgot. I forgot. Blinked it out. I just forgot everything. <laughs> My brain just says, you know what? The past is the past. We don't need to think about it. No. Who Move needs along. it? Who needs it? <laughs> Bye, guys. It's us. It's Northern Frights. It's Anna. And Alyssa. I don't have my uh, introduction thing here. I got right so, here. All right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's been two weeks. Therefore, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Northern Frights. I'm Anna. And I'm Alyssa. We're a podcast that discusses true crime and paranormal stories throughout the Midwest, specifically Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. Northern and Southern Dakota, and some other states in there as well. Do you realize there's a lot of Minnesota states that have like a ah sound to them? How interesting. Some Midwest states? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa. That's why we elongate the A. (laughs) That's true. Minnesota. Yeah. (laughs) Iowa. Yeah. Oh. Specific is like enunciation to different. I was gonna say verbs, but it's also called vowels. <laughs> vowels. There's a lot of vowels. There's a lot of vowels out there, and we like to really enunciate them. Mm-hmm. Big. Big. Oh. I'm gonna repeat them all again. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? This is not Dora the Explorer. I don't know why I'm asking you guys. But I do have, like, a few things that I wanted to chat about before okay. we start getting into our stories here. Yeah. Okay, number one, let's follow up on Halloween. Oh, yeah. We did our, we did our pumpkins. Mm-hmm. You can see them on our Instagram. They're pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa did a really cool tiny face. Tiny face? <laughs> Which got lots of, like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? And I'm like, isn't it so cute, though? It's super cute. That's why we did it. That's why. And it was easy. It was it was my first done time in done. like 10 years, so yeah. I was like, be simple, yeah. just enjoy the process. So mm-hmm. I saw that, and I was like, that's perfect. I like how when you were cutting the tops of your pumpkins, you were like doing these like kind of cool designs. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was just like, stabity, stabity, stab, stab, stab. <laughs> you're, I have Get to say, open. you're good at stabbing. I'm really good at stabbing. That's why I have so many stabs on my hand, because <laughs> I don't know how to do knives correctly. <laughs> you're doing pumpkins, though. Uh-huh. Anna's pumpkins? Next level they're, scary. They're yes. good. I was proud of mine. Yeah. Because what was really great is I put them out by our bird feeder mm-hmm. when, like, Halloween was over. Because I'm like, what am I going to do with them? So mm-hmm. I'll just put them out for the squirrels and stuff to eat. And so they're slowly rotting out there. They're gone now. Okay. I threw them away. All right. But, like, Elmo, the one that I did with, like, Elmo. Yeah. He was just, like, slowly, like, <laughs> falling backwards into the pumpkin. Like, help me. Mm-hmm. There was, did I tell you about the one trick-or-treater that was, like, saw it, and he was just like, oh, my God, it's the Elmo meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yes. You get it, get it. You get it, get it, get it. And I was really sad with, like, the trick-or-treaters we got this year, because we did get some, mm-hmm. but there was only, like, 11 that came to the house, and then everybody else just, like, walked away from our house, and I was like, excuse me. Excuse- I, I have candies stuff. for you. <laughs> 
Let me give that to you. Let me give you my candies. I just want to give you candies. And I didn't want to, like, step out there and be like, Candy? Candy for you! Candies for children! <laughs> Free candy! And if the child come back! Pointing to yourself. I got some! Like, be like, there's a creep that lives there. Let's call the cops. Immediately cross the street. Immediately. And you're just like, goodbye. <laughs> Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to give a, give a, um, an update on Great Cloud Island. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we mentioned how there was a plane crash there. Yeah. So they identified the people, um, I don't have the names, unfortunately, but I think one of them was, like, a flight instructor. Okay. One of them was a person who was interested in learning how to fly. Okay. And the other person, I think, was also, like, another instructor or something. Interesting. And it was basically kind of, like... You know how, like, you can go and visit a college or something? Yeah. It was basically like that. It was like this person was looking to learn like, how to fly. Like, take your kid to work day? No, it was just like a person who was learning how to fly and go to this flying school. Okay. And so they were showing them how to fly, like, the plane and stuff. And then they crash into the quarry. Oh That's terrible. Like, how horrifying is that? That would be very scary. Yeah. By the way, I'm reading Hatchet. In the book from like, yeah, elementary school. Uh huh. I've never read it, and I was like, oh, this would be sort of a fun, quick, quick read. It's taking Mm -hmm. me three months or something because I'm reading tons of other books. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the point of that is, they there's a plane crash in it. Oh. At the beginning, and it's like, oh my gosh. What is that book about again? (sighs) His parents are going through a divorce. (laughs) Okay. And he's flying from his mom's house to his dad's okay. in, I think, one of those smaller planes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's him and the pilot, and the p- pilot has a heart attack. Oh, God. And the pl- the kid is amazing. Sure. He knows little, little bits from watching TV and reading stuff. Oh. So he's sort of like, he maintains as best calm as you can. And eventually it does crash into a lake. And that's sort of, I'm at the point where he's, like, trying to survive at this lake. Okay. He did live. So does it involve hatchets at all? Yeah. Oh, okay. His mom gave him a hatchet (laughs) as, um, to, just recently before this. Okay, I was just kind of like, why is it called hatchet? But if it's about a plane crash. You know what? He's using it to try to start a fire. He's freaking Uh, smart. Kids are really smart. He, he, what happened, can I tell you really quick? Yeah. What happened is he's sleeping uh-huh. in his, like, little cave thing. He's trying to have some protection from the elements. Mm-hmm. So he made this cave, and it's partially rock, and then uh, stuff he had drug, drag, whatever, yes. over to the cave mm-hmm. thing. And he, in the middle of the night, he has his hatchet with him. He hears something. <gasps> and then he figures out where the sound's coming from, throws his hatchet. It hits the wall, and it obviously produces a spark. Oh, and then eventually this animal yeah. runs away as a porcupine. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but later on, he figured out, I can hit this rock and create a spark to create a fire. Uh, like, come on, like, kids are so smart. It's <laughs> both written by, like, an adult man. <laughs> but I do, I do enjoy it, but yes. So read Hatchet, everybody. <laughs> yes. It's good, it is a good story. <laughs> if you've forgotten what it was about from when you read it in the fourth grade, you can read it again now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Alyssa will join you. I will join you. It's a good <laughs> book. I like it. Um, I also joined the world of TikTok. Ooh. And uh, I sent this TikTok to Alyssa um, recently about this place in Minnesota called Umore Park. 
Yep. Is basically like the Minnesota version of Stranger Things is what the person said. Basically, it's like where they do experiments. Okay. I think they're also saying how there are like UFOs mm-hmm. have been reported near there. So we for sure need to t- check that out at some point. Yeah, where did we figure it was at? Rosemount, yeah, Minnesota? Yeah, I think they said it was Rosemount. So it was about 45 minutes. Yeah. Ish. We'll find whatever. it. Whatever. So it's not even far. I'm sure you could Google it and find it. I like how I called it Rosemount. Rosemount. <laughs> so it's, it's spelled, but we but say yeah, we Ro- Rosemont. Rosemont. <laughs> not to be confused with Mount Rose. Mm-mm. No. Oh, and I also saw another TikTok that was about whether or not you're a medium, a psychic, or an empath. Ooh. And it was like was like one of those ten finger challenge type things and she was like reading off like if you can sense when somebody is lying when you can sense another person what their emotions are um if you like had deja vu blah 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 and based on how many numbers of fingers you put down it depended on who made you like a medium a psychic or an empath okay so it was like zero through three you're a medium okay if you're four through six you're a psychic and then like seven to like ten you were an empath what are you i think i got i did it like two times double check the results double check the results and i got between being a psychic and an empath so Ooh. it's pretty exciting you can find it on tiktok it was pretty fun that's super cool and then my last little update here is oh how my updates are basically me just being like i got tiktok <laughs> I made a pumpkin. Check it out. It was really cool. It was really fun. Um, But my last one. Mm -hmm. So my mom asked me to shake out her blanket one night. And so I go out there. And it's like 6 o'clock at night. So it's like pitch black out because this is the time of year. Oh, outside? Yeah. Okay. And I'm shaking it. Like I step outside. And my neighbors to like north of our house have a motion sensor light on their garage door. Yeah. And it turns on. Okay. And I'm kind of like, well, oh my god, well, they must be like outside, or there must like be like their dog outside, or somebody out. There's nobody out there, and so in my mind, I'm like, that must have turned on because it sensed me, all the way over here. Mm-hmm. And so now every time I see it turn on, I'm like, there's a murderer outside my door. There's gotta be a automatic. Murderer. <laughs> yeah. There's it's a murderer happening. out there. Werewolf. Some type of being is on my back porch, waiting to get in. I have a better idea. I just saw this. What What if it's your dad saying hi? Oh, that's a lot nicer. I like that. I could see him doing that. Oh, you'd just be like, I'm here. (laughs) Hey, girl. How you doing? (laughs) I see you. I see you. (laughs) Interesting. So every time you are like... And you're not even anywhere near the vicinity. No, it's like a good... I mean, from like where I'm sitting... To like that window over there. Yeah. That's the distance, which is like, it's in a number amount. I'm this just, window right here? No, the window <laughs> that's behind that pillar okay. that you see out there. I'm this trying one? to depth. Yeah, I don't know, 70 feet? Okay. I don't know how many feet that is. <laughs> 70 feet? <laughs> we'll say 70. Know. It's far enough it's far that it wouldn't away. set it off. Yeah. Okay. You would think that it would not be me. Setting it off, but it's happened twice now. Okay. And I'm like, oh god, devils about, devils everywhere. <laughs> I like that theory though. I like how you're just like, it's your dad. I just, just feel like, like it's monsters. It's simple, <laughs> and I'd be like, that's an easy thing. Yeah. 
like it. All right. Keep an eye out on that. Yeah. Give us updates. Yeah, I'm just going to test my theory every time. I'm just going to, you know, step out there and be like, Papa? <laughs> Papa? Just say, hi, Dad. Hi. And then it'll go off and you'll be like, oh, it's my dad. Watch it. <laughs> It just, like, does it every time because it's like, I'm tired now. <laughs> I'm tired, yeah. It's been I, 10 seconds. I I'm see. turning off now. <laughs> I don't need to be on anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then meanwhile, I'm just like, I can talk to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, so that's it. That's all I got for us now. <clears throat> so based on what you said, I don't know what your story's about, but you said mm-hmm. sort of dark. It's a sad tale. Should we end with a not sad tale? Sure. So you go first. You go first. I'll go second. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. All right. So this one, it's a little bit different from what I've done previously. Okay. It's it's a disaster. It's happened in Minnesota. Disaster. Yeah. Okay. It's sad. Um, So if you were thinking to yourself, Anna's going to tell us a really funny story today. (laughs) I already told all the funny stories. That's all you got. That's all you're going to get from me. All right. All right, so I'm going to talk about the Milford Mine disaster. Milford Mine. Yes. That's in South Minnesota? No. Incorrect. No. Okay. It's in Crosby, which is north. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Milford. Which is in, like, no, and you're like, yeah, that's south. <laughs> <laughs> no, Crosby is by Brainerd. Yeah, okay. Yep. Makes sense. Milford. Milford Mine. Yep. Okay. Disaster. Yes. Okay, so the Milford Mine in Crosby, Minnesota held precious manganese, an ore used to make steel. That was much needed for the war effort. Starting in 1917, the mine reached a total of 200 feet in depth by 1924. Okay. The first level of the mine was located 134 feet down. The men working on in the mine on February 5th, 1924, were about 165 to 175 feet down in the tunnel. Around 3.45 p.m. that day, just before the end of the workday, Frank, I apologize because I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, I think it's Barton, it's H-R-B-A-T-I-N, Jr., a 14-year-old miner, was working in the Milford mine when he felt a gust of wind in the tunnel. Uh Knowing that no wind should be felt there, he looked down to the next level of the mine. There he saw a wall of brown rushing water. Mm. Frank realized the water and mud was coming. He ran yelling, men, run for your lives, and the lake is coming in. His partner, Harry Hosford, another name I'm going to butcher and I apologize, Mm -hmm. questioned him about the water until he saw it for himself. Then Harry screamed, oh my God, my God, and they both ran. I'm really good at doing a... Oh my God. Oh my God. My God. (laughs) Sorry. They both ran. Harry was trapped in the mud, becoming in, and Frank Jr. grabbed him out of the mud. Frank reported to author Berger Ali for Ali's book, Milford Mine Disaster, a Kayana arranged tragedy. Is that how it's Kayana? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Got one word right. That I, he said, I took my partner out of the mud. He was in mud up to his hips. That's how fast the water came in. But we made it. Less than 15 minutes. I knew I'd never see my dad no more. They were all dead. So as you can imagine, this is going to get real sad. Yeah. Okay. Only a few listened to him at first and followed him to the only exit of the mine, a ladder that reached the surface of the tunnel. The men scrambled up the ladder, and Frank saw an older miner, Matt Kangas, trying to, trying but struggling to get up the ladder. Frank then jumped between Kangas's legs and pushed him to the surface of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. The water rushed so fast that the men escaping the tunnel could feel the water rising up their backs. The last to get out of the tunnel, Harry Hotsford, 
Frank's partner, was waist-deep by the time he was able to get out. Jeez. Clinton Harris, a veteran miner, was watching the electric hoist when he received an early warning about the disaster. Reports differ on whether he chose to stay at his post, sounding the alarm whistle, and tie the cord to, tie the cord to him, uh, the string. Oh my god, what am I doing? I can't even write. I'm so sorry. Basically, he's sounding the alarm whistle, and, and they think that he had tied the cord for the string to the whistle around himself mm -hmm. to keep it going, or they think that he was entangled in the cord, um, but he lost his life in the disaster. Other bells and whistles from local villages, trains, and mines rang during this time to warn others. The whistle kept blowing for four hours after the tragic events until an engineer on the surface was able to disconnect it from above. Then quiet fell over the scene. I didn't know I'd be crying today. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Sad. Within 15 minutes, the mine was submerged in water, leaving 41 out of the 48 men in a watery grave. Dang. Of the 41 to, to die in the collapse was Frank's father. The water rose to within 15 to 20 feet of the surface of the shaft. Frank Jr. remained by the shaft after he got out, staring down at the murky, bubbling water, knowing his father was trapped down there with the others. Families of the miners came to the scene, and seeing the water in the shaft, there was no question as to whether or not their loved ones were still alive. Oh my, isn't that the saddest mm -hmm. thing to imagine? Mm -hmm. You get there, and you're just like, did they get out? And you yeah. can just see the water at the surface. Mm -hmm. Those standing nearby at Foley Lake could see the thick ice crack in the water level of the lake drop. Wow. Isn't that, that's terrifying to think of. Because have you guys ever heard ice crack before? It's mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah, you're like, where is it? Do I yep. have to go? Yep. <laughs> um, a mining engineer had warned the mining company that they were digging too close to the lake, but was ignored. The men working in the mine said that they were working directly underneath Foley Lake. A dangerous place to be. Yeah. Frank Jr., one of the seven survivors of the collapse, worked alongside his father, Frank Sr. Both did not plan to work in the mine long due to wet conditions of the mine. Many of the mine workers wore slickers and hats to stay dry. Mm. Fumes in the tunnels um, well before the tunnel collapse made for difficult working conditions for the miners. One relative of miner said that his father quit a month before the collapse because he said the fumes were making him sick and that he had to quit or die. Mm. Um, others left because of fear of risking their lives being in the tunnel, but those stay, that stayed hoped that the winter freeze would keep the tunnel impenetrable from the water above them. Little did they know, the water reached far underground and had become impervious to the cold. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. The state governor at the time, J.A.O. Prius, appointed a five-man committee to uh, investigate the disaster and held hearings between May and June that year. State investigators declare that the disaster was an act of God, which is a clause used by insurance companies in many natural disasters. It left the mining company free of any blame. Mm -hmm. Many mine workers didn't testify about the dangerous conditions of the mine out of fear of losing their jobs. Many were uneducated immigrants who knew only knew mining as a career. They feared that if they spoke out against the mining company, they would be blacklisted and not be able to work in a mine ever again. Jake Ravnick was six years old at the time of the mine collapse, his father having been a miner at Milford. They lived next to the mine in a tar paper shack. His father had just bought a new headlamp for uh, his helmet that morning. The wind had rushed through the, tunnel uh, through the tunnel and blew out the lights of the other miners' helmets, but Jake's father's lights stayed lit. 
and he was able to escape with his life. Oh, wow. Jake recalled the site of the entrance of the mine after making his way back from school. He said that when we got there, the water was already there. It was just boiling. Boiling? Mm-hmm. Another local who had been a child at the time of the disaster said that he had been playing with his older sister's son, who was only six months younger than when he was at that time. His older brother came home and told his older sister what had happened and that her husband had died. He recalls his nephew asking over and over, where's my daddy? Mm. <laughs> One of the miners um, killed in the disaster had only been married for just six weeks. Mm. Okay. Little compensation was given to the families of the 41 men. They left behind 31, although other records say like 38 wives and 88 children. Families of married minors who died received $7,500 over a span of seven years, um, between like $8 to $20 per week. If a widow remarried, the compensation would stop. For the minors who were not married, their families received nothing. An inspector of the scene doubted that anyone could be removed, recovered from the disaster, but the families of the miners pleaded to have their loved ones returned to them. George Crosby, owner of the mine, spared no expense to recover the bodies as quickly as possible, whether that was out of honor to those who lost their lives or in order to get the mine back up and running, I don't know. Hold on one second. Yep. So you said over the course of seven-ish years, mm -hmm. they were able to get $7,500. Yeah. Well, this is pretty decent money, but not for someone dying. Mm -hmm. um, equivalent now would be a 114000 Okay, yeah. I was kind of wondering what so, the... It's a good chunk of money, but yeah, not for it's good. death. But I mean, you think about it, like $8, 8 to $20 per week. A lot of these people have like yeah. a good eight kids yep. per family, you know? Yep. Okay. Um, bah, 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 bah. Work to recover the bodies began the night of the disaster. <clears throat> Foley Lake had to be drained in order to keep water from further falling into the mine. Crews from surrounding mines and ranges worked together in eight-hour shifts in order to keep the help clear the mine. It took 12 days to clear out Foley Lake, most of the water being dumped into nearby Wolford Lake, which would flow into the Mississippi, Mississippi River. Once the water was cleared, and the muck was hosed out, workers would often hand shovel debris out of the way in order to get past blockages if any heavy machinery could cause shaking that could lead to further collapses. The first two bodies were found on March 28th. The third was found on April 17th. By June, they found 16 bodies, including Frank Sr. and his mining partner. Frank Jr. had joined the efforts to recover the bodies, but quit once they had found his father. All right, this is gonna be a real sad one. Okay. Jake Ravnick said that his father found two of the miners who were closest to him. He said that he found them holding hands, goodbye, and they were pinned right to the wall. Wow. Water is probably rushing at him. Mm -hmm. It took nine months before the last body was recovered from the mine, the last being found on November 4th. Those recovering the bodies knew that they were close to one as they could smell the putrid reek of rotting flesh. Mm -hmm. Reek of Reek of craft word? Sure it is. Reek. Yes. Okay. Good for me. <laughs> Today it is. Today it is. <laughs> the smell would be so bad that workers could only spend 15 to 20 minutes searching before they, before the, mouth, the smell became too much. As they washed away the grime in the tunnel, they could find um, they would find the grotesque white face of a corpse, swelled up from the water, peering out of the muck. Yeah, that'd be rough. Isn't that like horrible? That'd be really funny. bad. Okay, this is just kind of like a side note. Did you ever hear the story about the guy who? It was a ship, I'm trying to remember where it was. It was out of Africa, but it had sunk 
and they found one guy alive in there. It was like three days later, and he had managed to get his way into this like area where there was like a pocket of air. Oh my god! And he was like, I could hear sharks eating like my coworkers in the water. Like how? That's like That'd the be exhausting just to stay in that bubble. Yeah, and then hear all that in the back. Oh, okay. Be sh- what a fun story I've got for you guys today. <laughs> okay. Bodies would become so hard to identify that they would have to use personal items on a body or brass tags sometimes found in their pockets, which were from changing lockers men use when showering after a shift. Okay. Turtles and fish were also found throughout the site and were often distributed to the miners' families as food. Great. The cost of the cleanup and recovery um, was about $250,000 at the time, which today would be over $3 million. Hmm. Eventually, the mine was back up and running, but closed in 1932 due to, dep- to the Depression. The miners who re-entered the mine found that they were not alone. And here's some spooky stuff. Oh, okay. Some reported seeing the eerie form of Clinton Harris still holding the cord. They said that after they fled, they could hear the piercing sound of the whistle. Okay. All right, now I'm coming up to the end here, guys. Okay. Here's a little, little fun tidbit. Uh, well, this one isn't, but others say that the area is haunted by those killed in the mine and others who saw the tragedy happen. Okay. This is my favorite report of a haunting at the mine from minnesotahauntedhouses.com. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am a hunter for the paranormal and this baby threw a pickaxe at mine and I had to leave because I saw the baby! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then underneath it was... Poo 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 pee poo 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 pee good placey. It's a great website. So yeah, some really good stories. I can't other pickaxe, baby truing babies, and a poopy good placey. Today, the disaster site is on the National Register of Historic Places. A memorial park has been made to honor those who were killed in the accident. It's located at the old mine site about four miles north of the town of Crosby. It includes the old mine shaft and the foundations of the company town that were built up around it at that time. It also has four, a 450 foot boardwalk over Milford Lake, which filled in after the mine closed. In the boards are the names of the miners who died and those who survived. Mm. And that is the story of Milford Mine. My sources were um, from NPR News, Run for Your Lives, Remembering Minnesota's Worst Mine Disaster by Dan Craker. From City Pages, The Ghostly Legacy of Minnesota's Milford Mine Disaster by Hannah Jones. Um, from John Fitzgerald, Milford Mine Disaster in 1924, Save Your Breath and Start Climbing. And by Connie Peters, which was a really good article um, from News Hopper, Failure to Learn, Destined to Repeat. Yeah, and we like, have, haven't we? Yeah. In history. Yeah. That was, Human history. That was that. That was that. <sighs> All right. Did he tell you it was sad? I know. I was like, mm-hmm. I need to wipe my eyes. Mm-hmm. The part when they were like, and they could find them like holding hands. I was like, oh my god. I could tell they were really scared. And yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Control the emotions. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to bring this up. Okay. Is it a murder story? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Nope. Nope. What have I been wanting from MUFON for a minute? 
Is it an entity tail? It's an entity tail. Oh, uh, It's not in the form of, um, like, an unofficial report. Okay. So, as far as I know, these have not been looked at by, like, a field investigator. Okay. These are self-reported uh, mm-hmm. things that have happened to somebody. Excellent. I'm going to have three stories for you. Perfect. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. This is going to cheer us all up. Yes. <laughs> Especially because I have some pictures. Oh, yes. All right. So this is um, coming directly from MUFON's website. Mm-hmm. And the headline for this one was, Claiming me to be the next Draco reptilian queen and lots of other things. I have a thousand questions and I'm so excited. So They, they might proceed. be answered. Yes. We'll see. Yes. This is out of Oatana. Oh, There's a lot of vowels there. <laughs> uh, reported this year in 2020. All right, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. Good. I've been experiencing extremely strange things in the last three years. The thing that really set it off was when I dreamed about having sexual intercourse with two six-foot aliens. They kept saying that I was the alpha and wanted to know everything about life on Earth. (laughs) Yes. The dreams kept happening, from teaching them about our music to our arts. But the dreams that really got to me was when the eight-foot... Sorry. When the eight-foot gray reptilian with blue eyes had me stand in front of had me stand in what in front of what looked like a mirror. And I saw myself as an eight-foot albino Draco reptilian with blue eyes, big wings, and wore a cape that was lined with blue diamond-shaped jewels. Yes. Question. What is a Draco reptilian? I don't know. <laughs> but I'll have a picture for you. Oh, fantastic. Might be it helpful. Might answer some of our questions. Mm-hmm. Our thousands of questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. He claimed that's who I really was. Oh. I've also had dreams about us fighting otherworldly things, mm. like demons and evil legion aliens. Oh, dang. Seeing other worlds being destroyed by the reptilian's father, whose name was... Skull Crusher. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like something like super dramatic, and it's like Skull Crusher. <laughs> the reptilian claimed his name to be Venom Bite, but did not say the names of the two gray aliens that stood with him. They don't have names. We don't get proud of they treated me like royalty. Ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've drawn what they look like, but my mom is very concerned about Wait. me and my morality. Wait. How old is this person? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the handwriting might help. Okay. Some of the drawings were taken from me, but I still have some of them. My mom's making me see psychiatrists because, wow, that's... This is them in the mirror. Oh, that is that her? Or is her that... Or him, yeah. Okay. Betrayed by his father. <laughs> Skull crusher. Isn't this great? <laughs> I love it. I just... Can you please describe it for our listeners? It looks Although like... we can put it on the Instagram as a well. A reptilian... Mm-hmm. 
dinosaur thing Mm -hmm. with, okay, let's just imagine a T-Rex. Yes. T-Rex has, uh, in this version, Mm -hmm. has a line of horns, from what I can tell, Mm -hmm. down his front of his face. Mm -hmm. Has really strange looking eyes. I would say it's snake-like. Snake-like. Snake-like eyes. And then has a very lovely cloak. Yeah. That's a really nice coat. I mean, cape. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's, there's no that's crown. Royalty, which is upsetting. Yeah, you know what I always thought of as like the epitome of royalty. You remember from the um, 1960s version of Cinderella? Mm-hmm. The not the cartoon that was in the 50s, I believe. Okay. But the live action version. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, watch it all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. It was great. Leslie Ann Warren. It's Cinderella. And it was Roger and Hammerstein. It's a musical. Okay. But she had on this cape at the end of it. It was red. And then it had this, like, fur that had these, like, black specks in it. Oh, loved it. I wanted it. <laughs> I would. I sincerely hope that was the cape that they got to wear. Does it look similar enough? Can I see it again? Yeah. It has a little clasp in the front, I think. No, it's different. It looks like a lot of, like, the, the cape that, um... Bell wore in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, there you go. But with like a little jemmy around the neck. Jemmy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't forget, this mm-hmm. is lined with. Oh. Oh. Let me look here. Lined with blue diamond shaped jewels. Beautiful. On the inside, it's lined. Apparently. The inside is lined with the jewels. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. You know what? That's what I hope, so continue. Okay, <laughs> that is story one. Mm, perfect. It's now complete. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> I've never heard of this town in Wisconsin, so I'm going to have you look at it. Okay. It looks like Casanova, but it's like Casanovia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> 2018. Okay. Again, verbatim. Okay. I saw saw. <laughs> <coughs> okay. I saw saw. Two grays and communicated with one telepathically. I was about nine at the time. The older brothers were having a big bonfire birthday party. It's all in capital letters. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a big bonfire birthday party Mm -hmm. at the top of the hill on my parents' farm. Mm. I and another family member were asleep on the couches in front, in the front room of the house. I remember standing looking at two grays through the big bay window mm-hmm. at the front of the house. Mm-hmm. They looked at me, then at each other, and I could tell that they were communicating with each other, but their lips were not moving. Mm. Then they looked at me, and the smaller one, probably female, communicated with me telepathically, telling me that they wouldn't harm me and that they were here in peace. Then I saw the gray holding a black box and then shined a beam of light in my sister's ear. She was asleep on another couch Mm -hmm. and then she started to move like she was going to wake up, but didn't. They shined the light on her for about one minute. Mm -hmm. Later, I wondered if they did the same to me and woke me up. Then a car was coming down the road. I saw the headlights. The two greys looked at each other, then the car, and I saw them move over to the side of the house. 
They moved like one leg was shorter than the other. (laughs) So they had a limp. Got it. (laughs) Then the car let let off one of my older brothers. The car went back up the road with the headlight shining in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Then the grays came back in front of the window and then left. The next day, I was with my dad in the tractor and trailer up on some land we called the 80, Fix and Fence. Mm -hmm. When I looked at the ground and saw a hole about 10 feet in diameter and one foot deep, I asked my dad what he made it. He said he didn't know ends, didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't know ends, he doesn't care. Ends, I don't care. I kept my mouth shut and thought, I bet I knew what did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I grew up, I always felt like I had a sixth sixth sense. It seemed like I could always tell what other people were thinking. And that there were times when people would ask me, how could I know? I also felt like they were, I also felt like they left me with something. That I could summon summon them and that they were watching me. I dug a brown, symmetrically shaped object, shaped like a football, out from under my teeth gums. What? <laughs> and threw it away. Then I knew they couldn't track me. But knew they were looking for me. I would always test my gift and call them in. See their ships, but then shut down the signal before they could find me. <laughs> yes? <laughs> This is more of a comment. We were watching Paranormal come on camera one day, Mm -hmm. and there was this guy in there who, um, so that he could communicate with the spaceships. Okay. And he was just like that. And he was, they were, they showed up. He goes, thank you, brothers. (laughs) Thank you, brothers. Thank you. (laughs) This sounds like they're the same person. (laughs) I was like, I was like, whoa, boy. (laughs) Like, first off, he's just like, he was like, with that face? No, we couldn't see his face. We oh, could just okay. hear him. He just like, had this like emotion in his voice. But yeah, it sounds like a lot like this. So that was my comment to make there. Okay. Continue, please. Okay. So Continue. this person can test their gift, call them in, mm-hmm. see their ships, but shut down the signal before they can find them. No. Other people that were riding with me in my car at night on the way home from work would see the lights, then mm-hmm. ask me, why do I always see them when I'm with you? Why are you always bringing us al- your <laughs> aliens? Do you have like, a special gift or something? <laughs> okay. One day, in the summer afternoon, while driving down I-94 Interstate by Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. loaded with traffic, I tested my gift and summoned them. Mm-hmm. A craft showed up in the sky, and then I shut down the signal. <laughs> they knew. I was there. But with all the cars, they couldn't tell which car I was in. Mm. The Wisconsin State Patrolmen were stopped alongside the road watching the bright diamond-shaped light at 2 in the afternoon for about 15 minutes. Interesting. Okay. And then, another person I talked with that was coming down I-94 Interstate by Madison, Wisconsin, said (laughs) there was a big mist, like a cloud, and it disappeared. I also... Watched a huge craft for about 10 minutes, shaped like a triangle, go through the skies. I estimate its size to be about one half the size of the United States. (laughs) 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> That's good. That's good. This was worth all the money that you spent to get to join MUFON. About five seventy-nine or something. Okay. Perfect. All right, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Yep. January twenty fifteen. Back in time. Yes, I'm in. Okay. I found myself reliving it over and over. Oh, at, <laughs> at first I was consumed with it and couldn't get it off my mind. After a day or so I started to be able to let it let go enough of it that I could function. L O L. Okay. <clears throat> I was so consumed that all I could do at work for two days was recall what what I remember and put it on paper. Speaking of my head, I had a real dull headache all day the day this happened. I woke up at 2 a.m. Happens often, always 2 a.m. I remember looking at the clock. I felt the presence in my room, but was not alarmed at all. More like a feeling of secure. Next thing I knew, I was walking out back on the porch because I was asked to. There was a figure standing next to me, and whoever she was, she felt like I knew her. She did not speak a word, but I understood thoughts coming from her, and she made me feel calm. When I looked her way, I could feel her smiling at me. She turned my way and then looked up like she was saying, Look up! She did this a few times, so I looked up. Mm Mm-hmm. There were colors and objects in the sky. It felt good to look at them. Then a disc, what I thought, after going out back the next morning, was about 30 feet in diameter coming towards me. No noise, nothing. I said to her, here comes one now. (laughs) It lowered itself silently into the yard and came to a stop, what I thought was approximately 10 feet from the ground. And I felt an energy attached to my right side. When the energy connected, it made my body vibrate. It felt like it was drawing to me like a magnet. There was this force, and I remember feeling the draw. And when it attached, it had a hold on me that basically rendered me powerless. It had full control, and the vibrating I talked about was much more than slight. Almost felt like an electricity, but it wasn't. Oh, wow. It was short-lived, zero pain, feeling very calm and secure, floating kind of at a 45-degree angle toward the ship. That's what it feels like when I get my back stuff done at the chiropractor. (laughs) It's like you're floating toward the ship. Yeah. There we go. Yep. And this was when time slash memory stopped. Oh. No pain, no terror. Actually, no emotion mm-hmm. that I can remember other than calm. Did this person have, like, uh, electrotherapy electro or something for, <laughs> for depression? <laughs> Just kind of blacked it out? They labeled it as abduction. Ah, okay. Good. The next thing I remember is floating over my bed for a few seconds, mm-hmm. then being placed back in it by four beings, but could not see who they were or recognize anything about them actually could not look at them, only see them peripherally in the dark. I was not alarmed, still felt safe, a good feeling. When I touched my bed, I remember I was kind of sideways in it, mm-hmm. one leg hanging over one side, one arm and 
part of my head hanging off the other, and that bothered me. As soon as I thought this, as though they were reading my thoughts, they immediately refloated me and straightened me out with the bed. So my head was on a pillow, and I felt the covers being placed over me. They were brand new aliens, and they were just like, we'll just put her on the bed. That's not how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll be fine. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And then they're like, all right, we'll fix you. All right. So they put the blankets on this person. They couldn't move. And that's it. Next thing I realized was the alarm waking me up at 6.30. All the figures, her, and the short people in the room, they all had the ability to be seen and not seen at the same time. I'm positive the person out back was female. Don't ask how I know, it's just my feeling. Well, she, the person also felt like they knew them. Mm-hmm. The narrator. So they're really intuitive. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. Okay. So I could not distinguish a face, a form, no hands, no smell, nothing. Just a dark gray silhouette about as tall as me. Now, now the interesting part. No, now we're getting to the interesting part. Okay. <laughs> My hip has itched in the same spot for ever years and still does periodically well it was itching real bad when i woke up same place as it itched for years and after other dot 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 visits Hmm. i went into the bathroom wondering why i was in a bit of a haze and itching my hip Mm -hmm. it itched so bad it made me look at this area in the mirror and i found this on my hip which i will show you yes good I had to take a picture of it. I have never seen anything like this. I did not hit anything with my hip, didn't fall, nothing. You can see a distinct V and bruising in the site. It was there for three days and overnight disappeared. This is my most vivid visit and like the others have all been good and very comforting, comforting, almost like a connection. Question? Yeah. It took... All these years for this person to look at their hip. I guess so. Okay. Maybe because it was the most vivid visit. Oh. And then they're like. Maybe they didn't see it before. That is a hairy leg. I know. I don't like the picture. It's a hip. Remember? Yeah. It's a hip. It's a hairy hip. Hairy hip. So they're saying you should see a V, which I sort of see, and then a bruise. And I see the bruising. There's some red, um... Bruising, I would say, kind of like when like a blood vessel bursts. Yeah. Above it, I don't know if it's like burn, no scarring, something. I think I missed a word in my retelling. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Um, when they were being potentially transported to the thing by mm-hmm. that electric thing or whatever. Yep. It was by the right hip, and this is on the right hip. Interesting. So. Those are my um, entity was... stories. Those filled the void in my cold, dead heart. Don't you love them? I never knew that I needed. I love them. That was fantastic, and you deserve a round of applause. (laughs) I'll clap for myself. (laughs) That was wonderful. I loved it. It was so fun to find this. It was a lot needed after that super sad story. I know. (laughs) We went from crying to laughter Laughter. crying. (laughs) Yep. But also, I wanted to note what's very interesting Mm-hmm. Is that we enjoy UFOs, we enjoy stories, yeah. 
But why is it sometimes that it makes us giggle like that? Oh, yeah. Well, it's so bonkers. It feels so weird, right? It's like, what the heck? How is this real? It's like, aliens love it. UFOs, fantastic. Lizard person, (laughs) top-notch. Royalty? (laughs) Mm. Thank you. Yes. That was great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, gang. Love it. it. Do you think you could post those pictures to the Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Can do it. We'll... Or you can send it to me and I'll, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. How can they get a hold of us, Anna? They can get a hold of us either through our Instagram page at Northern Frights Pod, or you can also email us at northernfrights19 at gmail.com. Correct. You can find us on podcast formats everywhere. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Google Podcasts. <laughs> Stitch. No, I don't know front stitcher. Um, Anchor, FM, uh, Breaker, mm-hmm. Sounds right. and more. Yay! So tune in as we tell you more tales of creepy, supernatural, paranormal, true crime, and apparently natural disasters <laughs> of the Midwest. We shall see you on the other side. Ooh. <laughs> That's going to be our tagline now. Yes. See you on the other side. Okay, bye-bye. I love you. Bye. Bye.